Right, we're back into our series. And I've entitled this word today, Shine, question mark, dealing with stress. Have you noticed that each time someone gets up here um, to preach on a certain subject in this series, James has obviously thought long and hard about the person most qualified to speak on a particular subject. Why are you giving me the subject of stress? And then I realized because I have had a lot of experience of this in my life. Let me start by way of introduction today, because uh, this is an enormous subject, and we've only got a few moments to look at it. Um, this is a 21st century Western phenomena. You won't find much mention of the word stress 100 years ago. Maybe even 50 years ago is a bit of a new trendy word, but certainly not 100 years ago. And it won't surprise you to know that if you look at the Bible and look for the word stress, you can't find it. Not only is it a 21st century massive issue for us, but also it's only really an issue, I'm convinced of this, where we live. In other words, there's whole loads of areas of the world today where people can't relate to what I'm going to preach about this morning. The, the things we're facing, they're just not facing. Um, interestingly enough, this last week I was in a meeting for three days with some people from all around the New Frontiers family globally. One of them is a guy called Edward Berea, and he is working in Kenya. And over one of the meal tables, we were talking about mental health issues and how this is becoming a huge issue in our Western society. And he just sat there not saying very much. And we said, Edward, what do you think? He said, we don't have mental health issues in my country. And it was really, I mean, I'm sure he does. But his point he was making is most of our people are thinking, will I survive the famine this year? Will I be able to have enough food to live with? And so I'm convinced that this issue is a 21st century Western issue that we are facing. But it's real, and it's here, and we live here. It has devastating results on many people's lives. I, I was preparing this word and reading lots of things around it, and looking at all the statistics about the amount of problems and difficulties people are, are facing because stress is at the very root of their lives. And I thought this morning I could spend ages just showing you all the statistics. But then I thought, I think you're already convinced. I think most people in this room are already convinced that we are a generation that's the most stressed out generation that has ever lived. You don't really need me to give you those statistics. Is that all right? I'm just assuming you agree. If you want to know the statistics, ask me afterwards, and uh, I can help depress you even more than you are at the moment. We'll look at some causes of stress in a moment, and we'll look at some antidotes to stress. On a sleeve, I said to you, how many, put your hands up, but please don't, feel under stress right now, I think a lot of hands would go up. This is the world we live in. It's a stressful environment. But in this series of teaching that we're looking at at the moment, even though we'll look at some causes and antidotes, what I'm really concerned about is this. Shine. And therefore, 
it's difficult to imagine a greater example of how you would begin to shine in your workplace or your family or in life generally if you were dealing with stress. So stress is a major Western 21st century London issue, and you and I are dealing with the issues of stress in our lives. Just imagine how different you're going to be when you're in the workplace, where everybody's kind of stressed out, or in your family, or just in the people that you meet with, where people are so stressed. If you are not so stressed, you're going to shine. You're going to look different. People are going to be saying, how come when you're in the NHS and everything is just manic, there's something about you that's not like everybody else? If we were not overwhelmed, if we were not living this hurried, constant, sped-up kind of life that everybody's living, if you and I were dealing with stressed to the point that we actually are at peace and we have joy and we're content and we've already got happiness in who we are. We're not looking for it in any other way. And then if we were starting not to display the results of stress, that would really make us begin to shine in this world. What are the displaying results of stress? you really need me to tell you? <laughs> Anxiety. And you can go through the checklist with me today if you feel, yeah, that's me, tick. Lack of sleep. Exhaustion. Stress is causing people always to feel constantly overtired. Irritable. You see why people said I'll be good at preaching on this particular subject this morning. <laughs> Physical sicknesses that are often unaccountable for in other, other, any other area other than stress. High blood pressure. Cholesterol. Do you know there are millions of us, and I'm one of them, because I have high blood pressure. Millions of people in this country with this. There are lots of causes to high blood pressure. I'm an expert on high blood pressure. There's lots of causes to it, but stress is undoubtedly one of the main ones. Heart disease, headaches, backaches, all kinds of aches all over, massive stomach problems and ulcers, mystery illnesses, of which there are now many that can't be diagnosed physically, often rooted in stress, panic attacks. And listen carefully, because mental health is now the big issue that everyone's talking about all the time. Mental health is caused by many, many things. But most GPs will agree that one of the causes, undoubtedly, is stress. So what's the answer to all of this dilemma that we are looking at and facing today? is the answer to run away. I know the answer. Move out of London. That'll do it. If I can just find this stress-free environment, run away, escape, watch endless reruns of La La Land and dance your way through every... To be honest with you, I saw that once, and that's stressful enough for me. <laughs> but just get, just, just live out there somewhere. 
Let's turn to Scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8. 2 Corinthians 1, 8. For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction that we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. Do you know what I find interesting about this little passage here? From the Apostle Paul of all people, who's declaring he was so under stress, he even despaired of life. I mean, that's depressing. What I'm getting from this passage is this. Stress is a part of life. Some of you are hoping I'm going to preach a sermon on how to live a stress-free life. I don't believe there's such a thing. In fact, listen carefully. Some stress is good for us. Because it's through that that we learn things. And what does Paul learn here? Well, he says here, I am learning, though I don't want this stress, this terrible pain and depression in my life, but this is what I've learned, to rely on God and not to rely on myself. What an amazing testimony. A God who can raise the dead. And how amazing it would be in your workplace or in your home environment If when stress came, you were learning the same lesson, I'm learning not to rely on myself, but to rely on God. So you see, there's something important about Christians going through the same stress that everybody else does. We don't run away into la-la land, but what we do is we stay here relying on God rather than our own strength to get us through. Amen? Amen? Here's another passage of Scripture. Just turn over the page if you're looking at it or flick through on your iPhone. 2 Corinthians 4. And verse 6, and this is such a, I don't know if anyone's crossed this verse since we've done this series, but here it is now. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And it's interesting that part of our testimony is that we were in darkness and light shone, and the reason light shone in us is so that light shines out of us. And the next verse says, look at this, but we have this treasure. What is this treasure? Well, part of it is the light of God, the salvation that God has given us. We have this treasure in jars of clay, which means these earthen vessels called our bodies, to show, look at it, to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Now, look at this next verse. This is the closest verse I could get to stress in the Bible. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed perplexed but not driven to despair, persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed. It's obvious, therefore, that Christians are often under extreme pressure and stress-related situations so that the treasure that God has put in you might be seen. If we all ran away every time there was a problem, no one would see what Christians can go through and make a difference which is not us trying hard and gritting our teeth, but us realizing the light of God has shone into our hearts. And if I will allow this treasure to be seen in this very, very ordinary earthen vessel, nothing particularly 
special about me. I'm an ordinary person. But the extraordinary light of God in me shines through. Sometimes that happens when we're in the most stressful situation we could ever imagine. The answer for Christians is not to run away when stress comes. The answer is to stand firm. We've been hearing that this morning. But God, stand firm. Stay there. And let the life of God come and shine through you to those who are around. What are some of the causes of modern stress? Let me give some of them to you really quickly. Number one, I don't know if coming up behind, comparison. I think this is one of the most obvious stresses of, of, of modern life. Comparison. Always comparing ourselves to other people ends up with you and me being under enormous stress. Particularly if they've got more than you. We live in a consumerist, materialistic society. So most of us are constantly bombarded with the stress of having to want to have what others have got. And so we compare ourselves. The more you compare yourselves with others, the more stress comes into your life. Success. Seeing other people that are successful and therefore putting ourselves under the strain to be successful like them. Comparing ourselves. Image has become a huge issue. There are so many. There's a whole generation, I believe, under enormous stress because they are wanting to portray the right image. And they haven't got the right body and they haven't got the right... So the stress becomes enormous, which results in terrible physical, mental pain. Because you're always trying to get out of something into something else which is impossible. Second thing is what I call the immediate culture. There's stress coming because everybody now needs to know everything instantly. And so I just can't imagine the stress that everyone's getting into now because of iPhones. And because of the instant culture, the now culture of everything being available right now. And this is produced, I've done a lot of reading this week. If you think these are all my ideas, none of them are. Nothing's original. There's a thing called hurried sickness. And hurried sickness comes as a direct result of having to know everything instantly right now. So we're a generation that has the opportunities, nothing wrong with the opportunities that are there, but have the opportunity now, what's wrong about it is it leads to stress. And hurried sickness is the pace and the speed at which we live. There's no pause. There's no waiting. There's no patience. This is so different from any other generation that's come before us. And the result is not good. The result is stress. The problem with iPhones is not the invention of iPhones. I've got one. The problem is addiction. The problem is addiction. If you have a problem, for example, on a Sunday morning with not looking at your phone while a guy like me is preaching for 35 minutes, now I know that our preaching is not very good, which is why you might like to be distracted. But if you can't go through a sermon of 35 minutes without checking everything, you're the one with the problem. (laughs) However boring the sermon is, you're the one with the problem. I watch people, I observe, I travel a lot, so I see people constantly. 
You know, evolution, if you believe in evolution, bits start to grow and everything. So I think we're going to end up with one of these <laughs> stuck on our hands. It's just there all the time. It's now, it's instant. There's a generation completely stressed out. Number three, people. How many of you find people stressful? You don't have to show any response to that. <laughs> people are stressful. Again, I travel a lot and I can't tell you how many stressed out people there are all around me. I'm the only one left that's not stressed. <laughs> and it's just unbelievable. We arrive, the, the plane comes docking in. And even if you're near the back, as soon as, before the, the, the seatbelt light thing goes, everyone's up and going, where are we all going? <laughs> no one's going anywhere. <laughs> everyone's living on this kind of a stressed out way of living. And people around you like that stresses you out. Number four, traumas. And what I mean by this, only, I've just got one line to say about this, is traumas happen in people's lives. It's the inability to understand the trauma, to know adequately what's going on that causes huge stress. Number five, the unknown. Huge stress comes to people, but we don't know why it's come or where it's, what it's there for. So when I was first diagnosed many years ago with high blood pressure, on one occasion, my GP had a trainee GP with him, and uh, they were trying to analyze me as to know why I've got high blood pressure. And he said to the trainee, so look at David. This other doctor got to know me quite well by now. I said, look at him. Tell me what the outward signs are of his blood pressure. And so the guy tried his hardest, and in the end, the, doctor, the other doctor said, give up, because there aren't any. Look at him. And I was kind of sitting there, kind of like this, really chilled. He says, his problem, this is interesting when two people are talking about you, his problem is it's all on the inside, and he doesn't know it. And it was like a revelation. And so this is part of the problem with stress. Some of you today are, are stressed out, and you don't really know why. And sometimes it's the accumulation of many, many years of living in a certain way. And eventually, it catches up with you. If you don't look after yourself, I'll look at this in a moment, then the trouble you face is that you are under stress and you don't quite know why. I think there's some of you probably like that today. It's the accumulation. Or it's maybe even the season of life. You've not realized that when you're a mum with lots of kids at home, there's a stress element about that. Or when they become teenagers, there's a stress element about that. When they leave home, there's a stress element about that. There's ages and seasons, and older people have to face different kinds of stress. Number six, the self-imposed. Some of us are stressful, and you can't blame anyone else except yourself. You just keep making the most ridiculous, stupid decisions. I watch you. <laughs> I think, well, if you do that, you're just going to add to all your stress. Don't. But I can't because I'm not God. I just watch you going, oh, that's massively stupid. You've just self-imposed a whole lot of pressure upon yourself. Workaholics are people who don't know how to shut off because they're actually people who are imposing upon themselves. There's a bit of a buzz about this. The stress becomes a little bit of what life is. It has disastrous results in the end. And the final thing is this simple. There's no God. Sounds a bit weird, doesn't it? 
but no God means. You know, a lot of people live through life without peace, a sense of guilt, and really, really worried about the future. And the root of it is there's no God in their life. You're surrounded by people I've been describing. If we're really honest, a whole load of us here this morning can identify with a lot of these things ourselves. It results in striving and being ill and being driven and being addictive and being anxious. What a wonderful word this is this morning. Let's quickly turn to Matthew chapter 6 and see if Jesus has got anything at all to say about this. And this is where it goes. In Matthew chapter 6 verse 26. And there are three points with three antidotes to stress that Jesus mentions, and I'll quickly bring them out to you. Verse 25. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. Point number one, Jesus says, do not be anxious about your life. What you will eat, what you'll drink, about your body, what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Let me read that again. That is so powerful. Which of you, by being anxious, stressful, can add a single hour to his span of life? Why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Point number one, do not be anxious. What do I do then if I'm anxious, if I'm not to be anxious about my life? Jesus says a really strange solution to this problem. He says, look at the birds and consider the lilies. Yeah, what, what, what is that about? Yes, there's lessons to learn from the birds that are provided for and the lilies of the field that seem to naturally be glorious. But Jesus is saying, stop. If you want to know the antidote to stress, it's to learn how to stop and look and consider. He literally means that. When was the last time you stopped and looked and considered in your turmoil of life? It's not just a passing comment. Jesus is saying this is really important. We need to look, we need to consider, we need to learn how to stop and consider other things. It's very, very important. And here's the nub of it. When you look and when you consider, you will then consider how much more your heavenly Father knows about you and will provide for you. It's God's character that's at stake when it comes to stress. Do you believe him or do you believe yourself? Is he in control or are you in control? And if you're in control, it equals stress. And if you know that God's in control... You'll have the opposite to stress, which is peace and contentment and joy. And the issue Jesus says there in, in, in that verse, verse 30, O ye of little faith. And so for us, it's a faith issue <clears throat> to believe that God is who he says he is. And I will be de-stressed the more I stop and look and consider 
and consider that God is my father and my provider. I don't have to rush around to all these other things. Faith is the answer. Let's, me, let's read on. Therefore do not be anxious saying, what should we eat? Verse 31. What should we drink or what should we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So the first thing Jesus says if you do want to have stress is to not be anxious by considering him. The second thing is Seek first the kingdom of God. And oh, by the way, all these things you're stressed out about, you'll get anyway. They'll all come to you in the end. Seek first the kingdom of God just means this. It means make sure your priority is him and his purposes. When we seek first the kingdom of God, everything else gets into perspective. We don't have to live for these things like everybody around. We don't have to run like everybody else runs around us. We see the promise and all these things will be given to us and we believe it. And the third point is this. Just learn to live one day at a time. Look at verse 34. I'm going to look at it in the NIV because it's brilliant in the NIV. This is what the NIV says in verse 34. And this is for 21st century London dwellers. Jesus is really up to date. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself, and each day has enough trouble of its own. I mean, that is just so powerful. So if I don't want to live in stress, tomorrow is not the issue. Next week is not the issue. Today is the issue. This day is what's important. I think very few of us have learned this. I think very few of us in this room, I'm certainly way out. I, I, I woke up this morning and rather than worrying about today and the preach and everything else, which I was a bit worried, in fact I got quite stressed as I was preparing this sermon on stress. <laughs> the reality is I woke up this morning, I was thinking about next week, I was thinking about the conference the week after that, I'm thinking about, I mean just, oh to learn how to live, as Jesus says, one day at a time. Now let me close with some antidotes to stress. And I think these are all biblically based. Well, I know they are, but I'm just going to tell you what they are. And I've got to go through them quick, so we're running out of time. Number one, know yourself. This could be, for some of us, the most important thing of all. To know yourself. Go on, you can do it. That's the way. What do you mean? What are you going like that for? <laughs> You're really stressing me out now, guys. <laughs> Do, one's doing that, one's going... All things are possible. Know yourself. Actually, there's a lot of teaching in Scripture about this. 1 Timothy has whole chapters when Paul said to Timothy, train yourself, watch yourself, protect yourself. Kind of like know yourself. And I think that stress often comes because of our lack of knowing ourselves. We're all made differently from one another. That means we all have different ways at reacting to the stress that's around us. So Liz and I are very different when it comes to the way stress affects either of us. Okay? So I'll, be, I'll react in one way, she another. Unless we, she understands 
herself and I understand myself, we have different responses to different kinds of stress. But this is the thing I want to draw out about. Look after yourself. Get to know yourself and to look after yourself. Protect yourself. And that means sometimes saying no. Say no. Say it out loud. No. no. It's one of the first things that you say to a child. No. <laughs> but some of us are not good at saying no concerning ourselves, protecting, making sure we know, we understand. This might surprise you, Jesus knew himself. And he knew when it was time to recharge the batteries. And he knew when it was time to stop. And he knew when it was time to say no. Let's all stay here, Jesus, and let's preach to No, we're going somewhere else. No. Because he knows himself and how he needs to be protected and how he needs to move on. My testimony is this, that I've had two periods of, of, of serious illness in my life. Uh, one many, many years ago and one nine years ago, where I had a kind of exhaustion kind of thing. Now, there are lots of reasons as to why that happened, but I'm absolutely convinced that one of the reasons was I did not understand how I responded to stressful situations around me. Had I understood it, then I think I would have handled it much, much better. Our bodies shout sometimes. We need to listen to them because they're trying to tell us something about the situations that we're in. Number two, rest. And rest is both God-given and self-planned. Let me repeat that. It's both God-given and self-planned. It's God-given in that God has promised us to have rest. This is where we start to shine. Because if we're in a situation where no one's resting, because many people are not resting, and you have God's given rest, he says, I'll give you rest, the peace, the calm within, and you live in that, then it's going to make a difference. And then there's self-planned rest. That means people need to learn, we need to learn, how to put rest into our lives. Psalm 131 is a very wonderful psalm. And in the midst of it, the psalmist basically says, life's too complicated, I can't work everything else, but I have stilled myself within. I found this passage really helpful for me when I was not well. Because I realized I was saying, God, it's your fault. And I think God's saying, no, it's not. It's your fault. Because I, it doesn't say God stilled me within. The psalmist says, I stilled myself within. We have a responsibility to make sure that we're stilled and we're at rest. We don't talk much in this church about Sabbath. And Sabbath is no longer a holy day. We know that. But the concept of Sabbath is really important. And I don't know what day it is for you. And it might be a day a week, it might be a day in the month, it might be times out. But we need to take this seriously. Sabbath is God-given. And the concept of it is important if we're not going to be stressed out for the rest of our lives. Number three, sleep. That's God-given as well. And the reason we sleep is because when we go to bed at night and put our head on the pillow, it's really a step of faith that says, when I wake up, everything will be okay. We are living in a culture where sleep deprivation is at the most incredible limits. It's never been like this before. It's like off the charts. 
Why can we sleep? Well, because we believe that God is in control of the universe. And it's sobering to wake up the morning after you've slept and realize the universe is still there without you. It didn't depend on you after all. And all those troubles and anxieties that fill our minds that we've got to deal with tomorrow, you think, how can I possibly sleep when... Well, sleep is a God-given gift. And it's given so that stress doesn't ultrally dominate our lives. And we need to start sleeping well, other than the 35 minutes that we preach on Sunday mornings. We need to learn <laughs> how to sleep. And I'm serious about this. Some of us need to go to bed a bit earlier than we do, probably. You say, well, I can't do that sort of Well, then you'll pay the consequences. It'll, it'll bite you in the end. We just need to learn to be those... I'm looking upon some of you in this, some of you going, we have no problems with this whatsoever. <laughs> some people do. Finally, let me close with this. I could have said a lot more. Oh, I'll just quickly do this. Number four, get organized. So Liz has had a problem throughout <laughs> our lives in that she can, and she was giving me permission to say this, all right? It's not because she's just not here. <laughs> Although I might not mention this in Eltham in a few moments' time. Um, she is fundamentally a spontaneous person and therefore doesn't, doesn't do organization particularly well. And I write lists. And I write them down. Some of you do that. Write them down. You feel good after you've ticked off something on your list. So, so we've had this interesting marriage where we've had to learn to affect one another. And it's important. She is now writing lists. She now organizes things. She does, seriously. And it's delivering her from stress. Because she said, and tell the people this, she said, the worst thing that causes her stress is procrastination. Putting off what needs to be done today to tomorrow doesn't go away. It just builds the stress up. I have learned to live life without lists. It's spontaneous. <laughs> Just live for the moment. <laughs> if any of you believe that, you're... <laughs> Five and finish with this. Our devotional life. I, I think for me personally, after all these years of suffering and stress and learning things and blood pressure and blah de blah that at the, at the root of my life, there's this gift that God has given for me to have a devotional life with God that is transforming. It's at the heart of everything. So that Jesus said, if you abide in me, I will abide in you. Listen, Jesus faced stress just like you and I did, but he never gave into it. Jesus, the non-stressed person, comes to say, I'll come into you when you come to me. And if we live in him, we'll be freed from stress. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. In your devotional life, you get filled with the Spirit. Look at the fruit of the Spirit. Joy, love, peace, kindness, gentleness, self-control, patience. How you'll shine if you're like that. Meditating upon the Word of God, filling our mind with God's truth, distresses us. Worshipping, getting things in the right perspective, and above all, the Gospel. The Gospel of Jesus is the answer to stress. Not just I know about Jesus is the gospel, but the gospel comes into me and penetrates my life.